The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Well, hey, Colin, you ready for another midweek show? Oh, yeah. Oh, baby. Are you excited about this one at all? Not at all. <laughs> I forgot about football. South Carolina stole my stole my spirit. Yeah. Crushed my soul. I don't think it was South Carolina that did it. No, no, it wasn't. So Missouri is a seven and a half point favorite over Purdue somehow. What's your take on that? Well, I would say based on the line from South Carolina game that uh, whoever makes those lines doesn't really know much about us or our football team. No, I think that people still are completely bamboozled by the 70-some points we put up against what must be a horrible, horrible defense at Missouri State. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they were, like, shut out the next game they played, too, by some other FBS garbage (laughs) team. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I I can't believe it. I think as I start to look at our program piece by piece over the past 20 months or so with our uh, Coach Barry Odom, I'm starting to worry that our uh, program is a little bit of a dumpster fire. Yeah, how so? It might be hot garbage. You know, hot like, garbage. You know, we just lost a, a coach. You know, how do you fix a, a team that's failing on offense and defense and special teams and, and kind of a disarray? Well, you fire the assistant, the physical coordinator, of course. That should fix everything. Yeah, two games into the like, season. I think, yeah, if the South Carolina thing was a... Uh, if there's anything that can be gleaned from that game that might be positive, the defense played better. And so... After that game, we find the defensive coordinator, which I was in favor of, but the timing makes no sense. Right. If he was bad, why didn't they fire him in, in the offseason? Or maybe they could have got somebody that could have helped. Uh, this doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. And, you know, we haven't had a chance to talk about this because the news dropped after we posted the uh, the show last time. But uh, you've got to wonder why, because they're weirdly talking about it, but not talking about it. They're saying it had nothing to do with on-the-field performance. What does that mean? Does that mean he's a terrible human? I don't know. I mean, the rumor has always been, since basically Cross came here last year and changed the defense, is that players all hated him. I mean, this hated his guts. Now, who knows if that's true, but that is the that is the narrative around the program, is that DeMonte Cross was as uh, welcome in the locker room as a case of herpes. The timing is part of what makes me question the uh, that the program might be in a little bit of disarray. Yeah. Like they just don't know what to do. They don't know what levers to pull. They don't know what switches to hit. They don't know what buttons to push. They're just guessing at this point. And Barry Odom doesn't know what's wrong or how to fix it. And uh, this was just something. I mean, Caleb said it in the show earlier. You know, they're going to start firing somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, because he's, he's in hot water and near... Uh, Hours later, someone was fired. Yeah. We've lost four coaches since uh, Barry Owen took over. Now, we shipped last year for an altercation with player, and now DeMonte Cross for just being terrible at his job. And there was a couple, you know, it was a defensive back coach. He basically took the job and left. I don't even know who the other one was, but we have about four players leaving the program, and it's like 20 months. Four coaches leaving the program, it's like 20 months. It just seems strange. I, get, I bet if you went back and and look at Gary Pinkle. He probably didn't lose four coaches the entire time he was here. That guy never fired or got rid of anybody. I mean, they had to basically make him get rid of ghosts. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it just, it just, 
it worries me. The mentality of the team worries me. The lack of confidence in the players overall just makes me feel like the message is not being received. Uh, it's it's it, it worries me. That this isn't just us being down a little bit, but the program is just might be in a real state of disarray. And uh, what also worries me is that we might stick it out for another year or two uh, before we acknowledge that fact. The thing that flummoxes me, Colin, is after the four and eight year, Barry Odom was asked what he'd learned in his first year of being a head coach. And one of the things he'd stated was that he felt like he tried to take too much on and didn't delegate enough to his other assistant coaches. Well, what does he do no. two games into this season? Fires one of his coordinators and takes on more fucking role. Because the exact opposite of what he said he supposedly learned, either he's talking out of his ass or he's just making more of the same mistakes. I don't see how anything I just, improves. I don't think he knows what he's doing. Yeah. I don't think he knows what to do. I think mean, he's lost. I think it's just it's a burning trash heap, and he doesn't know how to put the fire out. Remember a year ago whenever Les Miles got fired? And they named Ed Ogeron the interim head coach. And we talked I to do. we talked to the LSU guy, and they were like thrilled about it and thought it was a great move, and everything's going to be great from then on. And I was yeah. I was like, "What are you talking about? You fire a guy in the middle of the season? You think that's going to be good?" They loved it. I feel the exact opposite way. I said, "This is just chaos, more chaos in a situation of chaos." I know that some people have optimism. I have none. Well, and I, when he came on, Odom, that is, it's, the country club's over. Like, basically alluding to the fact that maybe Dinkle had loosened the grip too much on his team, but uh, this certainly doesn't strike me as a team who is disciplined, disciplined and and, and uh, being uh, really steered in any certain direction. It seems like to me it's just a, a bukkake of football garbage. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm really starting to get nervous, really nervous. Uh, my optimism that I had at the beginning of the season is basically all been shucked away by the fact that not a single phase of this team that was struggling last year has in any way improved. Well, why don't we get some answers from someone a little closer to the program? Don, as a guest today, we're going to have uh, our star punter, Corey Fatoni, join the show for the first time this season. And he, oh, you know, nice. he's a guy who always shoots it straight. You know what I mean? We're, we're going to sure. get straight answers. Then talk about Purdue a little bit. I also got Jay from boiledsports.com to uh, talk about what the uh, Purdue team is going to bring on Saturday. So we're going to get a few answers maybe here on the old Mazzotcast. Sure. M-I-Z. Yeah, you. And a throw. Slam. This bugs for you, Mizzou. Johnson. And he's gone. Touchdown, Missouri. You don't get no better than that, man. Lock deep near side. Jamon Moore. It's a foot race. 82 yards. Touchdown, Missouri. Boy, look at Crockett run. It's his fourth touchdown run of the day. This is the Mazad Cat. And we're back, and joining me now is uh, Jay from Boiled Sports, the uh, Purdue Boilermakers site that uh, covers all things football and basketball to talk about this game this weekend. Jay, thanks for being on the show. Um, I'm, I'm happy to be here. I thought we were talking about volleyball, but that's fine. We can, we can pivot to football yeah. uh, right now. <laughs> we can talk about volleyball <laughs> if you like. I will not have a lot to contribute other than, you know, the, I like the legs of the volleyball players, and that's about the end of my knowledge. Oh, man, the uniforms. Big, big fan of the uniforms. That's right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, big matchup, big cross-conference matchup this weekend. The Tigers play in Purdue, in Columbia. 
I think I saw the line, seven and a half point favorites for Missouri. Missouri fans don't know where that comes from. We have looked like garbage this year, hot garbage. garbage. Frankly, I mean, Purdue's shown us they can put up a lot of points. I don't know how much – I don't know. I don't know what to expect of this game. What are are your thoughts coming from West Lafayette? Well, you know, it's funny because Purdue has been in in the crap. You talk about hot garbage. I mean, Purdue, you know, for the last – I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Last, honestly, well, definitely last four years under former coach Daryl Hazel, they have been just the most uh, unwatchable, unimaginably bad. You know, one of those programs where it's not even fun bad, right? Where mm-hmm. once they're down, it's like Rutgers right now. Once they get behind, you're like, well, that's, that's it. It's over. I might as well go find something else to do. Or Kansas always. Yes, right. Exactly. You know what we were doing last year? We would say, is Purdue the worst football program in the country? And we'd always be like, well, there's Kansas. Yes. So yeah. we have that between us. I can tell you that we actually did point to that as a, <laughs> well, there's always Kansas. We're not quite there. We'd say, what if we played Kansas? What would happen? Oh, man. Yeah. Um, we're no, feeling you this year. Jeff Brown came in. You know, he came in with an offensive reputation, which is exactly what we all wanted. Purdue, Purdue fans all wanted to, to hire. The only the only real run of success in the last thirty plus years at Purdue was fairly significant. It was under Joe Tiller, right? When he got in Drew Brees and Kyle Orton, and that they they threw the ball around. They said, "Well, we're not going to compete with the athletes, the guys up front, and and just the just the five star athletes that schools like Ohio State, Michigan State, Michigan are going to get." So we got to do something different. We got to put them on their heels, right? Make them keep them, keep them honest, right? And we felt for years that that's how that's the blueprint. We've got it, you know. Purdue has thrown the ball around when they've been good. Brom was a great hire, and even Purdue fans, though, even as optimistic as you might have been, you were probably still thinking three, four win season, but it'll be fun at least, right? And he'll get his guys in here, and they'll get better. Well, they come out, they play really well against Louisville. They got a chance to win it, and they lose by seven to a ranked team with the defending Heisman winner. And then they go out and they beat the crap out of Ohio at home 
which they should, right? It's a MAC team, but Purdue was one in three in their last four against MAC teams. I mean, they that that has that, that should be automatic, and it used to be, but it hasn't been. So to see Purdue go out and just pace them was really refreshing, and I've now got Purdue fans thinking, getting my getting working my way back back to Missouri here. It's got Purdue fans thinking, you know, maybe a year ago looking at this and thinking, oh crap, a road game in the SEC. Whether Missouri's good or not, they're not they're not terrible. So <laughs> Purdue needs a team to be terrible to win on the road usually. Right. Um, but right now they're looking at it, and and I'll tell you, man, they they put everything together and they say, look how Purdue's played for a couple games, and look at how Missouri's played for a couple games, right? Again, mm-hmm. clearly Missouri can score, you know, but it doesn't look like they can stop very much, and and that has got people pretty giddy. So then, yeah, we saw that seven and a half point spread and it's been a while since I, any, any indignation as a Purdue fan against, you know, you know, being an underdog, but I'm kind of surprised. I guess it's because it's at Mizzou, right? I guess. Well, I think there is still an overconfidence in this Missouri offense. They put up 72 points against a very, against a FCS team. And Drew Locke has always been heralded for his arm. And granted, it's a great arm. Right. But he, he's prone to mistakes. He telegraphs passes. He can't see the whole field. And we saw that last week against South Carolina. And that vaunted offense put up 13 points and uh, threw right. a couple of interceptions. And so I still think even the odds makers think that offense is more than it is. Now, I do think Missouri can probably score on Purdue's defense. But the mm-hmm. fact that... Purdue throws the ball a lot is going to be the death knell for this team. Our secondary is, you know, a very good high school secondary. Uh, we've got a cornerback by the name of Demarcus Acey, who's just he is the worst man on the field, and it doesn't matter whether we're playing Alabama or whether we're playing Purdue or whether we're playing Kansas. He has no business <laughs> in a Division One uniform. So Purdue is going to score on us, and they're going to score a lot. The question mark is, is it going to be the offense we saw against the FCS team or is it going to be the offense we saw against South Carolina this week? I think, in my mind, that'll be the difference in this game. Wasn't, wasn't the over-under at like 75 or something the last? I think I looked yesterday. Does yeah. that sound about right or am I making that up? Yeah. I think it was, That's been the ballpark all season for the Tigers. Which is it's just a hilarious over-under. I mean, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and honestly, with these two, I think both offenses is a very good chance both will be humming. and. Yeah. I don't think either defense will really. I, mean, I think it's going to be those kind of like Purdue gave up 35 to Louisville, and when we try to say the defense played pretty well, I know there were some people who were like, "Wow, well, 35." Yeah, but 35 against a good offense is not that bad. If you've got a good offense, that's not terrible in college, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you know, if they give up four or five touchdowns. This is the first time in a while where I look at that and I think, well, we'll be in the game. You know, we're not <laughs> win that, but 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 you give them four or five and you have the offensive Brom brings, you start to feel a little cocky. And mm-hmm. um, honestly, man, it is the it is the it's the best Purdue fans have felt in years, and that's crazy when you think of the fact they're just one and one. It's right. not like it's not like they got a ton of winnable games ahead of them. I mean, this is a road game in the SEC. Um, you know, we can joke about the SEC all we want, and believe me, at Boyle Sports we do yeah. all the time about the SEC. But um, I was telling you before we went on the air that one of our favorite things was Missouri going over the SEC and making quick work. Gary Pinkle just slicing through the SEC, basically just cutting it up in ribbons, right? I mean, that's the way I look at it. I, yeah. think that was, I think that's a good description, right? Just cut it to pieces. Absolutely. Yeah, no, uh, you know, we, uh, we had full-on erections for two straight years, 13 and 14. I got to read something to you. Not that this is my podcast. This is yours. But I want to read a quote to you. <laughs> Please. And I want you to tell me who 
said it. Okay. And I bet you're going to get it because you, you obviously you, you know all the things, but I'll just read it and then we'll talk about it. Quote, start quote, whatever it is, open quote. We've talked many times before. We're going to be just good enough if we do things right to win a whole bunch of games. And we're also going to be just good enough if we don't do things right that we're not going to win many. That's Barry Jebediah Odom right there. Man, and you know what's awesome is Purdue had, I don't know how you know, much you know about Purdue football, going back a few years, but uh, Danny Hope, mm-hmm. Purdue's football coach for Hazel. Mm-hmm. And he's one of those guys, I bet he's not that unlike Barry Odom, where he was thrilled to be the coach of Purdue. He was just, <laughs> it was, he was so happy to be there. He couldn't get the grin off his face even when they got their asses kicked. And he would give quotes like that and worse yeah. all the time, where you're like, word salad. What the hell does that mean? What are you talking about? We could win or we could not win? Or we could play hard and we might still not win? What are you talking about? Well, I, I, know, I know you have no reason to do this, but we had Barry Odom on the show uh, on our last episode. And I think well, I saw that. Was, yeah. I saw that in the description. I thought it might have been a joke. But, but I'm impressed. Well, you, give it a listen. Give it a listen. You'll uh, you'll you'll get a taste for some of those quotes. He did say after the football game that this game will not define us, or it will. So I love it. So love it. it's the kind of they don't have a stop button. Yeah. Right? It's like, <laughs> if he just said well, this won't define us, people would say, "Okay, good, good coach speech." That's right. right. Like he should say that. But then he gets says something else, and then they're just scribbling that down. And that's what gets reported. It's. Yeah, oh, yeah. This game, Missouri versus Purdue, I I think what really scares me, like I said, is the is the throwing game for Purdue because I think what you're going to find from Missouri's defense, while they're bad, they're a very specific kind of bad. They give up the big yards. You know that you'll find that their our defensive line is pretty solid, and there'll be there will be three and outs, but there will also be third and nineteen plays where you go seventy five yards for a touchdown. And right. and that's where you're going to get your points. The problem you're going to face on our offense is that even with the problems Drew Locke had last week, he's a good thrower, and then Demario Crockett may be the best running back in the SEC, and they're such a balanced offense. And so when they're clicking like they were not last weekend, it's going to give you fits. I guess what I'm getting at is that crazy over-under, I think it's accurate. You know, I think it's just it's going to be a war of attrition. It's just the per- last guy with the ball is going to win, and it's going to be so ugly, but it may be entertaining. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. I think it's going to be entertaining. And I, I, Although I did see, I think it was you guys on Twitter saying, or someone said to you, they had a dream that it was a 9-6 to six game. And that, that, the reason that strikes me as funny is because that would be the most ridiculous outcome. I think, <laughs> I think that you should bet everything you have on the over because if this game is not a 40-something to 30-something game, I'll be, I'll be shocked, honestly. I mean, I think I think uh, there's there's really no I can't think of a reason why it wouldn't be I mean both but the the, the weather the, there's no there's no reason it shouldn't be unless there's a sudden like torrential downpour but even then they'll find a way to, to you know kick it around and just so my interpretation as a Purdue fan was I was looking at I saw that the seventy two what was it, 72, 72, 41, something like that in that first game and I thought all right you know seventy points might be against obviously that's valid giving up that much. To an FCS school would, would worry me a little. And then losing to South Carolina, who I think, you know, a couple of people are saying to me they think they're good now. We made them look good. Bad for a couple of years. Yeah. Right. I, I think they're going to be, they're, they're serviceable. They're mid-pack, maybe, right? But they're not, they're not a 9-10 win team. No. Um, so, so, and to see them handily win on Missouri's field, that that's just what gets me coming back. I think it's it's an interesting confluence of things when you go back to that spread because seven and a half points that's not small. I mean, no, not for college. Plus. Yeah. yeah, like like 
I mean, to, to me, it's as people are looking at Purdue and saying, well, Purdue's won like two road games in the last four or five years, both against Illinois. Um, thank you, Lovey Smith. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, but, but here, here's where, you know, look how quickly things turn in college football where, you know, two good games and you're, you're an approaching staff that seems competent. And, and you guys, I mean, gosh, we're in the same place. You're, you're just, you're, you know, we were this way last year where you look at this coaching staff and you're like, my goodness, they're outsmarted by everybody. And now you look at what they've got. And they're creative. They're doing stuff that the defensive coordinator at Purdue, are they going to still give up 35 or 40? Probably. But the guys, the guys don't do stupid things, right? They're, they're at least fundamentally correct. They still they play to the whistle. They do everything you want. And you look at it and you're like, I think as a fan, and I, you know, even when your team doesn't have a lot of talent, you can still enjoy watching it if you feel like the effort is there and the preparation is there. Because if the preparation is there, there are teams you're going to beat, even if you're not that good. Right. But if you're not prepared and the effort's not there, the guys are giving up on plays, only playing half, it's, that's where I think as a fan you really start to lose it because, you know, effort is a thing you can control. Right. And, I, and I, Purdue hasn't had that, and now they do. So, and that's why I feel a little bit better coming into this. Well, before I let you go, why don't you give me your prediction for this game? Uh, what do you think the outcome will be? You know, we, we've been joking about, you know, not just drinking the Kool-Aid now at Purdue. It's like keg stains of it. Um, you know, it, it, I, going into the season, you look at the schedule and you say, you know, there's a few wins on there maybe. Um, and I don't think nobody I knew, honestly, even the week before the season started, was, was putting the Missouri game in the win column. You know, of course you're thinking, well, hey, that's, it's better than going to Alabama. But, you know, nobody was thinking that way. Of course, after these two games, everybody I know is now saying, oh, Purdue can be Missouri. Which, when you're picking games, you start to think, man, that's there's too much, too much money going that direction. Like it just feels like it just feels it feels hard to believe Purdue's going to walk into a place where definitely still take football seriously. Fans still come out. Like I, I oh, there'll be dozens of fans there. <laughs> well, it won't scare Purdue. He's playing in front of uh, crowds of ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but no, I I think I think it's going to be very close. I think. That if I had to pick, I would pick Purdue just because I feel like things are, are turning in their favor right now. And I, and I think you couple that with the fact that things are not going in Missouri's favor right now. Missouri was playing the way Purdue's playing. I would definitely pick Missouri. But because they seem to be scuffling a little, just fired a defensive coordinator, which we didn't even talk about, but we were right. fascinated by that. Because, because from what I know, uh, my limited knowledge of college football, I don't think firing a defensive coordinator uh, is generally good for the morale of the team or the defense. It's good to know. I'm going to write that uh, down in my notes. I think, <laughs> I think it goes in Purdue's favor, too, is my point. So mm-hmm. if I have to pick, I would just for kicks say Purdue 45, Missouri 41. Um, I think it's going to be a shootout, and I'll go with the Purdue. But I really do think it's a – I think it's really close to a coin flip in terms of the good one, just because I think it's going to be two offenses all that around. <laughs> Well, I would like to argue with you and hotly contest that, but uh, I'm not going to contest anybody picking the opponent to Missouri the rest of the season. But uh, anyway, Jake, I appreciate you coming on the show and dealing with uh, the uh, retreads from the SEC. Any chance you're going to come to Columbia for the game? No, no. I, I would. I kind of wish I could. I, I, it's a place that, you know, I don't get them opportunities to go somewhere like that, especially the SEC, where what I understand you guys invented football and – I have the best tailgates and gorgeous women. I, oh yeah, you, know, you got to come down down here to the deep south of Missouri. <laughs> well, Missouri and Purdue have a little bit of a connection. That years ago, you all tried to steal our basketball coach. You oh. know, call that. Yeah, well, we we have a Purdue man now. 
That's it, true. You do. That's right. That's right. How did I not even think? Well, I'm not thinking about basketball right now. Yeah, we are. Yeah. We're already on to basketball. <laughs> that's usually where we're at. Well, again, Jay, thanks again. Uh, you know, hopefully, you know, in the next 40 years, we'll play you guys again. We can have another chat. Exactly. That'd be great. I look forward to it. All right. You guys can follow Jay at Boiled Sports on Twitter and listen to the Boiled Sports podcast. Joining me on the program now is an old friend of the show, junior punter, Corey Fatoni is with us. Corey, thanks again for being on the old Mazzotcast. Hey, Corey, thanks for having me. No problem to be here. I got nothing to time sitting here eating lunch with pasta for Zool, getting ready for the big matchup this weekend with a team that we're playing that I don't realize who it is. I don't know who we're playing. Uh, you're playing Purdue, the Purdue Boilermakers this week, Corey. You, you really the fuck is a Boilermaker? <laughs> I think it has something to do with trains. I really don't know either. You got me. Uh, they must have been standing in the back of the line and out mascots. <laughs> Guess so. You know, you're one and one on the young season. The team didn't look too good last week. We're not very yeah, confident. You're telling me. Yeah. What do you think about this team and how they're going to do this year? Do you have any hope? Oh, you know, hey, we always got hope. You know, we're, we're Tigers. We got, the, we got this thing on the screen, right? You know, I don't know. Uh, we'll figure it out. I'm a little bit worried about my boy, Drew. He's, uh, he's uh, I don't know, you know, we spent a lot of time together, and that kid, he's, he's uneven. I don't know what to say, you know? I think he's a little bit backed up. I think they take him out tonight and see if I can't get him to release a little of that tension, you know? The Corey way. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm afraid I do, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, Drew Locke was a problem, but, you know, I think a bigger problem even more is our defense. This defense has been porous, not just this year, but last year, too. Yeah, that ain't good. You know, and, uh, I have volunteered many times to play middle linebacker. Mm-hmm. But uh, they have not taken me up on that to this point. But I fucking I feel like I might be half as I might be half as good as that. You know, that fucking loudmouth. He can't even be on the field. <laughs> well, uh, Corey, you, you talk about you know wanting to play middle linebacker. I follow you on on Snapchat. You uh, big into weightlifting of late. It looks like you're uh, really oh, bulking yeah. up. Yeah, but that's not so much for football as much as it's just you know for the ladies. Yeah. You know, get the get the gun show out. You know what I mean. Uh, my first little hero is the situation from uh, Jersey Shore. And you've seen that guy's abdominal muscles? Oh, my God, you could wash your drawers on those things. Yeah, I, I can't say that I have. Well, you're missing out, my friend. You're missing out. Corey, we got to bring up another important topic, and it's kind of a sad one. DeMonte Cross, the defensive coordinator, was fired after only two games this season. Can you give us any insight into what was going on there? Why he wasn't fired uh, earlier? Hmm? Not really. I never talked to the guy, ever. You know what I mean? I, uh... Never saw him in the locker room, really. I mean, I, I, I wasn't around for that. I mean, I went on, I'm not on the defense, you know, and uh, I don't have much insight for you other than you say that, you know, when they, people said the Monte Cross, the word motherfucker, was often uttered in the same sentence. <laughs> Is that right? That's all I know. That's all I know, guys. That's all I can do. <laughs> that's, a pre- that's a pretty good insight, though. Yeah, well, you know, I, try, I do what I can. Yeah. <laughs> So we ha- we haven't talked to you much uh, in a while. Uh, what did you do in the off season during your summer summer break? Oh my boys, I plowed more beaver than a reckless riverboat captain. That's what I did. Yeah. I mean, 
it was unreal. That you know what I mean? It, uh, my profile just gets higher and higher as I putt like a son of a bitch. Yeah. I mean, just a stud, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, like you mentioned, I'm in the weight room looking finer than frog hair. And uh, the ladies, they can't stay away. You know what I mean? So uh, that's how I spend my off season, making sure my legs stay strong. Mm -hmm. I like the screw standing up, you know what I mean, to keep them, keep them sturdy. <laughs> yeah. Corey, uh, you're an upperclassman now. You're a junior. The uh, the NFL looms large for you. You have to be considering a possible future in the National Football League and uh, possibly... Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You could be a millionaire in a year from now. <laughs> you know, nobody ain't lying. I know all about it. I just got to stay away from injuries. And then uh, a couple of years, it's lots of money and an even higher quality level of trip. I mean, the girls in the NFL, my friend, oh boy, you... You talk about jock-sniffing, jersey-chasing whores of the highest order. I mean, rocking bodies. It's going to be good stuff. There'll be football involved, too, I'm sure. Okay, <laughs> I guess a little. Yeah. Tell me, uh, if you if you get a big contract in the NFL, what's the first thing you'd want to spend your uh, big paycheck on? I'll probably, this is going to surprise you, because most guys want to buy jewelry or cars. It might have a little something to do with a car, but I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to take my 1993 IROC and I'm just going to have it redone top to bottom, finish, boom. And then maybe, you know, a couple of nice silk shirts. And then, uh, you know, I, I, I want to get like a, one of those, you know, St. Christopher's medals. But I want to pick like the size of a fucking dinner plate. <laughs> You're a simple man. You're easy to please, it sounds like. That's right. Well, Corey, we want to let you get back All on right. the practice field. And uh, we really hey, appreciate you uh, taking the time. Simple, I, I am a simple man, my friend. I'm a simple man. I like, I like uh, lollipops in my mouth and butter in my ass. You know what I'm saying? I don't know at all what you're saying. Well, I feel sorry for you then, my friend. <laughs> well, thanks again for joining us, Corey. It's always good to have your uh, your take on what's going on inside the locker room. Hey, forget about it, boys. I'm always here for you. You know that. Yeah, get us a win on Saturday. I'll see what I can do. It might be. The OU. mambo, mambo italiano. mambo. Mambo Italiano, go, go, go You mixed up Sigiliano All you Calabrese do the mambo like a crazy with a Hey Mambo, don't want a Tarantella Hey Mambo, no more mozzarella Hey Mambo, Mambo Italiano Try an enchilada with the fish bacala Well, there you have it, Colin. Uh, Jay is confident in his Boilermakers and uh, Corey gave us a little insight on what's going on in that locker room. Feel any different about uh, Saturday's matchup? No, my opinion hasn't changed much. I I really feel like regardless of whether we beat Purdue or not, um, there is some systemic issues within this program, and uh, I don't know people can say I'm a pessimist, but I'm just I really this week tried to like back away from everything and look at it from a twenty thousand foot view, and I do not like what I'm seeing. And uh, you know, I'm hoping Barry Odom will prove me wrong, but uh, and this will be the start of something special. I mean. We all remember getting beat by Indiana and what happened that year. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's one you know, comparison. Maybe we'll turn it around. You know, maybe Drew Locke will become a competent quarterback against a opponent that plays in a power five conference. You, know, you never know. I think we're going to put up a few points more than we did against South Carolina. I just don't know if we can stop them at all. Well, and, you know, hopefully Croc will be back. I mean, we haven't talked about Nate Strong when he came. No, we didn't. Yeah, Nate Strong's gone. Indications there are, he thought he should have been starting and kind of a knucklehead. But at the end of the day, you can understand frustrations. You know what I mean? If he played in the last game of the season, 
uh, when we were up against Arkansas, played well. It looked good. And, uh, you know, last week, or the first week, he didn't play at all. Second week, he didn't play at all. And Crockett gets hurt, and he still doesn't manage to find the field. I mean, if you're this kid, and you feel like you've got some talent, and you're watching Ish Witter and a freshman jump ahead of you, I can understand some frustration. At least we're deep I mean, there. Yeah, we're deep. They Christ, but it's like, why is this what it's like? You know, we can't beat that drum enough. No, I mean, it's, uh, we talked about it off air about Ish Witter, and it's like, can't wait for that son of a bitch to graduate because. Yeah, you cannot graduate fast enough. <laughs> Take him out of the coach's hands. The only thing that'll keep him off the field is graduation, is the NCAA rules, yeah. because the coaches refuse to take him off the field. I think he just must be the, the greatest guy in the world, just the best, you know what I mean? Yeah, it makes no he's sense. Just, just a swell fella, you know? Yeah. Because uh, you got Roundtree, and like I said, you did have Nate Strong, and maybe Nate Strong isn't any good, we'll never know, because the coaches refuse to play him, but it, it feels like the Tyler Hunt era, when Tyler Hunt, every time he touched the football, would, you know, he basically averaged about uh, 25 yards per snap that he got to play. Right. And, uh, and yet, he hardly saw the field. And we were constantly forced to watch his fit winner get stopped at the line of scrimmage. And so, you know, I just, I don't know. I think we mentioned in the show before, or you did, that it's the, the decisions the staff seems to be making with some regularity seem to just be so strange. No, they absolutely have been. And, and not just... In Barry Odom's year in two games, but uh, the last year of the Pinkle administration, too, it just they make the same mistakes over and over and over again and didn't seem to put any effort into making changes, much less dramatic changes, but just any changes yeah. at all to address the problems. Then they treated us like well, as fans like we just don't understand the complexities, what it is, knucklehead football. You know, it's, it's like rocket science. You know, fans well, could never understand. Now, we'll just talk about it from what the fans can see. Fans can see a strong offensive line and a strong running back, strong running back core, and they can see a uh, inconsistent quarterback with a bunch of wide receivers that can't catch. So everything we do on offense right now seems to be a little bit counterintuitive to what we actually have. I know Heibel's never going to do this because it's not what he does, but it's like I want to grind, start grinding out some games. I want to start putting the ball and the Mario Crockett's gut, and let him run, 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 and let Drew Locke pass occasionally to set up the run, but not the other way around. I, I don't want to go air raid with the, with the running extension. I want the I want the pass to be the accent in the running game right now. But to me, looking at our offense and our roster, that's what's going to give us the best chance to win. But I'm not a coach. I'm just a stupid, stupid fan who can't understand the complexity of the football. I'm certainly not a press box super friend fully understands the game inside and out in a way that no one could hope to. Uh, so, I don't know, but that's what it seems like. Well, do you have a prediction for Saturday's outcome? I'm going to pick Mizzou to win just because I feel like this is one of those games where, hey, they're not supposed to be very good, so Drew Locke and the receivers will think they're supposed to be good and they probably will play good. You know what I mean? I just, I don't think Purdue carries enough cachet to scare the, the ability out of them. But, you know, I'm not super confident I pick just for one day, I don't know anything about Purdue other than what uh, James just told us. And, you know, it's just, it's hard to know what we're up against, really. But, I don't know. I, I want to be optimistic. I'm going to say Mizzou um, by, like, you know, less than seven. <laughs> but yeah. Mizzou win. I'll go there. Okay. Well, Colin, before we go, I want to say we, we had the highest ratings we've ever had by a long shot for last week's show. I think because people wanted to hear us yell and scream and curse. 
And uh, since we do have a bunch of new listeners out there, I wanted to invite them all to go to our Twitter feed at Mazodcast or leave us a review on iTunes. And uh, even go to Mazodcast.com and see the articles we post. And uh, we have a listener survey there on the website so they can they can do that and welcome aboard the old Mazodcast train. Yeah, you lucky bastard, you found us. <laughs> so anything else to add before we uh, start watching football this weekend? No. No, I really don't. I don't have anything else to say about this hot dog water game. Hot dog water. (laughs) All right, then. I guess I'll say it. M-I-Z. Z-O-U.